Okay. I'm really hungry, okay. by the way. Okay, so sorry. I, I think I'm going to go get dinner. Okay, sounds good. Hello, welcome to Poor People. I'm your host, me. And I'm Jackie. And today we're going to be talking about traveling. Why are we talking about traveling, Jackie? We can't even do that yet. Uh, we're talking about traveling because we want to travel. <laughs> stuck inside so we're imagining and dreaming about travel once we get our covid shots and other countries allow americans into their country (laughs) yep that uh, it'd be nice to travel again we had to cancel a bunch of plans last year i had a a pretty big one planned for the highlands in scotland and we had to cancel a bunch of our reservations and did not get refunds on a handful of places oh i remember you mentioning that yeah, it's because we we didn't book for like, you know, mainstream hotels and stuff or everything. We did small B&Bs, like actual B&Bs where a, a grandma will come out and like cook dinner for you and stuff. Um, dinner, <laughs> brunch and bread. And yeah, it's, it's a little annoying, but it's okay. I'm hoping we can go back. I still feel like we want to book at the same places. It's just unfortunate. And they could have used the money too, you know? Yeah. They lost a lot of business. Yeah, I'm, I'm like got mixed feels there. Yeah, that's a bummer. Definitely the travel industry was severely hurt from COVID and I'm sure a lot of the small bed and breakfasts from everywhere around the world were pretty hurt by the lack of travel essentially for the past year. Well, let's let's talk about the past a tiny bit. Did you travel a lot when you were small, when you were young? Not a lot. I think I went to Vietnam maybe twice maybe three times when I was a kid, mainly because my mom traveled back to Vietnam a lot to see family and, you know, to visit people. And when she did that, when she had me, she said she missed me too much. So then she started taking me along. I think my first time was when I was eight years old. And then I think we went again when I was 10. And then I think again when I was like maybe 14, 15, because my grandfather fast away so that's yeah not a ton but mainly mainly back to the motherland <laughs> dang so, so you got on a plane when you were very young huh I, I guess so i was very enticed by the coloring books they gave me and i was very <laughs> excited about the instant ramen that the flight attendants gave me in between meals <laughs> oh nice 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 yeah i didn't actually travel much as a kid if not because we couldn't afford it um my yeah I think that was mostly it we couldn't really afford it my I think when um my dad would travel back to Thailand to visit family he would do it alone like like my mom Mm. wouldn't go with him either I think it just costed way too much yeah and he would do it maybe once every four or five years not like every year it was it was pretty expensive I didn't actually get on an airplane until my freshman year in college oh wow um, and that was because it was paid for. It was to go to a conference for a scholarship that I got. So, oh, neat. That, yeah, that was my first and second flights. Where did you go and, for that scholarship thing? Oh, I just went to Los Angeles. <laughs> hey, LA is pretty <laughs> big, man. Well, it's pretty big. I mean, like Los Angeles, LAX yeah. is a nightmare, but you know, I hated of, LAX. No oh, one my likes gosh. LAX. It was a, I had a terrible first, uh, I guess, return flight from LAX. My, my flight got canceled okay um that sounds like LA. was it canceled no i lied it wasn't canceled i was late to my flight because the logistics of the programs were slightly off uh-huh. and the shuttles like weren't 
as efficient as I should have been. So I like had just missed my flight by like 15 minutes. I see. And I was on standby for maybe like half a day. Oh, that's a bummer. I was, I was basically sitting there crying in the corner because I, I'm not comfortable. I wasn't comfortable with airports. Didn't know what to do, but luckily my friends were being very supportive. That's and good. I, I had, I flew into, I flew out of San Jose uh-huh. to go to LA and the flight back that eventually went on went to San Francisco because there were no uh, more flights going to um, San Jose that were available for me. Uh-huh. Um, but luckily, my friend's dad like drove me home to back to Santa Cruz. Yeah, it was it was very nice. Yeah, like a bunch of my friends came out actually. That's nice. I, it, yeah, if it makes uh, younger you feel any better, LAX is one of the shittiest airports, I think, in terms I of... still don't like it as an adult. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's always delayed. Things are crazy. Well, Traffic's what I hate awful. the most is the, the international part is a completely separated from the main airport. And if you have, like, uh, a connected flight, you have to ch- check in and out. And it's, it's different. You have to walk outside. Basically. Yeah. It's really annoying. It's LAX is not great. It's one of the biggest airports, yeah. but it's not great. But... <laughs> hard to get in it's lots of traffic yeah yeah lax Ugh. <laughs> speaking of bad memories do you have like scary <laughs> moments or anything when, <laughs> when traveling uh like plane wise or like when i'm in the city uh when either way like when as you're getting to your destination or when you're actually in the place uh oh I have I have a good one actually for in the plane so one time I was traveling with my company we were traveling back from I think we were traveling from Louisiana to Texas we had just done a volunteer thing with um, an organization that helps areas of the country and all over the world I think that had been hit by natural disasters so Louisiana Mm -hmm. that year I think it was 20 I think sometime around 2016, 2017, I don't remember exactly, but we flew to Louisiana because there was some hurricane, I think, that hit the area. We were in somewhere near Baton Rouge. Um, So we're helping essentially take down this home um, for this woman to allow her to replace her old flooded trailer with a new one, essentially. So we were coming back from that volunteer trip. And the connecting flight was Louisiana to Texas, Texas to San Francisco. So on the way to Texas, we were in one of those smaller planes, um, not your typical um, 747s or whatever that, you know, not like a Southwest plane or anything. It was this pretty small. I think it was a United plane. And it, it was one of those planes where it's like a row of three seats, essentially. And... We were in that plane and we're going and then so something happened that I didn't know could happen, but I guess it makes sense in terms of you think of boats and stuff. So essentially there was – we got into the flight path of a larger plane and as a result, we got caught in the wake of that plane. So mm-hmm. the wake of the plane – of the larger plane caused our small plane to essentially turn um, so the body of the plane turned essentially perpendicular to the ground. Oh, <laughs> so like my window was essentially facing the ground. I remember uh, shouting expletives. Um, some people, <laughs> some people started screaming and stuff. It was really scary. And then the pilot to fix the problem overcorrected. So we started turning. The plane started turning the other way, perpendicular, but the other way. Oh, so the other geez. window was facing down. 
So I was freaked out. Everyone was freaked out. Afterwards, in retrospect, like when we're looking back on the situation, we're like, you know, if that plane went down, the company would be completely gone because all the executives were on the plane. It was a small startup. So um, (laughs) we're all joking about it later. But the worst part of that whole entire thing was the pilot didn't address the issue at all after it happened or like after the landing, nothing. Didn't mention a word. Didn't say anything. That's not very yeah comforting it's not. as a passenger. It definitely isn't. Um, that was not a great flight. And sometimes I still have PTSD from that because anytime the plane turns now, I think, oh my God, is this on purpose? <laughs> and the only reason why we knew about the whole thing with about like being in a larger plane's wake and everything was one of our engineers happens to be an amateur pilot. And he was like, I think this is what happened. And then we overheard the pilot saying it to someone else, I think, later on when we were walking off the flight. So not 10 out of 10 would not recommend <laughs> doing that again. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine how that would feel. Yeah, it was not great. How about you? Any scary moments while traveling? I had some mostly just confusion, maybe. Okay. There's one moment when we were in uh, Santo Domingo. Uh, we wandered pretty far off the the path that tourists are usually on mm-hmm. um, because we wanted to go to like a this like caves and pools area, and we didn't take a shuttle or bus there. Like we just walked the whole way because it was the weather was nice and there was sidewalks, but it was like not a short walk, maybe like a forty five minute to an hour, mm-hmm. like out of the. Um, the normal plaza downtown area and for like as we're returning back to that main area we kept seeing they they looked like police officers just going up and down the the basically mini freeway or highway that we were walking up and down Mm -hmm. and it was like the same people like on motorbikes we're like what are they doing are they gonna arrest us and throw us like in jail (laughs) or something like what's going on Uh uh-huh because we can tell it's the same people, like they were it, it just behaving very suspiciously. Yeah. And we're like, oh gosh, this is this is this how it happens? Is this how we disappear <laughs> off the face of the earth? We don't we didn't understand what was going yeah. on. And like whenever they saw us, they would like I don't know, talk to the radio and we didn't know what was happening. And then eventually they rode over the medium and then started tailing behind us, mm-hmm. like fifty feet away or something. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, what's going on? So eventually we started going up towards, um, walking up towards like a, a monument type thing and, you know, pretending we're reading the plaque and like taking photos and stuff. Yeah. And then the guy, like um, the one with the bike, like dropped off his partner and went around the corner. We didn't see him, but the guy that was dropped off the bike, like sort of walked up to us uh-huh. and asked if, I, I think so he couldn't speak English and we couldn't speak spanish and there was a lot of miscommunication and there he kept pointing to like the um zona colonial it's like the downtown area there was he kept pointing there and then like making like movements with his arms sort of like a a wave Mm -hmm. and we're like wave he's like yeah wave wave we're like wait what so he kept pointing down there because uh, we were at sort of like a almost like a hill type thing mm. where this monument was, he kept pointing there and he said Porto. You know, we're like Porto. He's like like port. He's like yeah, Porto. Pointing at us, uh-huh. Porto. Like pointed over there and we're like what? He's like em- Embarco. <laughs> like oh. what? 
<laughs> I don't know. And then um, we're, we're like pointing to ourselves and then like saying we're going to head that way. And he's like, okay, go, go. And then he says, um, I think he's, he's sort of doing broken English, like um, it pointed to like his badge. And then like along there, he's like, you know, me, like, like police, like you some more people would basically more people like him will be along the way. And eventually we made it back to the plaza and then we uh. saw a bunch of tourists and then we saw the cruise ship. So I think what was happening was he was asking if we were a part of that cruise because they were starting to like take people back on a board. Ah. And we were just so far away from that, that like they had uh, um, this, the police people sort of try to gather people uh -huh. and make sure that everyone who was on that, <laughs> that, that cruise. Yeah. <laughs> would get back on it yeah so that they basically had our best interest in mind but we just That's didn't good. know what was going on because we weren't by part of that that cruise we're like i don't don't know i don't know yeah um, that's definitely yeah. something scary is like when you're in a foreign country and you don't speak the language very well you have like very broken whatever language the that country speaks it's so difficult and it's you know google translate only takes you so far <laughs> yeah I think at that point, we just didn't have internet service either. Oh, that's to, a bummer. Like, um, do proper like language translations. So it, yeah. was, it was pretty difficult. Yeah, that's something I actually really like about how technology has progressed in the past decade is I feel like there are a lot of tools now and a lot of, you know, blogs and sites and yeah, things that you can do to help you travel, and I feel like it's a lot more travel friendly. Oh, totally. I th I think one of the things that I end up using the most very quickly is uh, Google Lens. <laughs> yeah, pointing it, pointing my phone at like a menu, and it automatically transcribes. Yeah, like on top or translates on top. That's definitely super um, useful. Yeah, it's pretty useful. I mean, sometimes it's like a funny translation but it gets the point across if you move the camera around a little bit you know <laughs> yeah I've definitely used that it's it's that translator thing right you point your lens at something and it translates yep. stuff so yep. I've definitely used that in museum once because I entered a museum thinking oh, nice. it was going to be in um like part English part Spa I think it was in I'm pretty sure like it was in Spain multilingual. yeah because yeah. a lot of the museums overseas have those things because they have a lot of international um just visitors in general and I think it was all in Catalan, I think, which is that specific dialect in Spain, like if you're in Barcelona or the Catalan region, which includes Barcelona. Mm -hmm. And I I can kind of read and understand some Spanish, but Catalan is just different. It's it I wanna say it's almost like a mix of Spanish and French to some extent. It's it's just a different language completely. So you'll see some similarities, but there if you don't know Catalan, it's kind of hard to really understand what's going on. So I went into this museum. I'm pretty sure everything was in Catalan. And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know. So I pulled out the Google Lens thing. And then I used it to read stuff at the museum. It was really nice. Oh, nice. That sounds super useful. Yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, you get the gist. When you read through that, of course, the translations aren't 100% accurate. But there's enough where you can read the context clues and understand what's going on kind of thing. So it was nice. So continuing on... Even more scary things. <laughs> well, you know, what are some things that you should think about when you're traveling as a woman? You know, and very specifically alone, I guess, or maybe just you and a lady friend. Yeah, I feel, especially as a woman of color, I feel like there's a lot of 
different precautions you should generally take and think about when you travel. Even within the United States, um, I I feel like I've had to consciously think of things. I mean, it seems obvious, right? But you think of things like make sure when you walk out at night, you're in a well-lit street where there's larger crowds of people don't travel in places that, you know, is your stereotypical dark alley kind of thing. Try to research and understand the area and maybe understand understand the crime rate or how safe it is essentially to walk around that area at night. For instance, when I was in Barcelona, I was staying with this Airbnb host and the area she was in was generally fine. It was like the Gothic cathedral area, I think. But there was one specific street where she told me, she's like, hey, you see that street over there at nighttime when you come back? Take the other street. Don't take that street. So if you're staying overseas or you're staying with a host, an Airbnb host or a hotel, wherever you're staying, make sure you ask the the host or the front desk or whatever. Ask them, like, is it safe to travel around at night? If it is, um, is there any streets you should avoid? Things you should, you know, look out for. Because depending on the area, they'll say things like, oh, please try to avoid that street when you're coming back or don't come back by yourself, come back in a group or whatever if you're traveling through that street. Or they might say something like, oh, there tends to be a lot of pickpockets in this area, so make sure you know where your wallet is at all times. I would say that's some of the top things to think about. Oh, also... Something that I have found really useful is it seems kind of over the top, I think, for people that don't really think about it. But if you're going somewhere, especially if you're traveling by yourself, something that I think is super useful is to constantly check in with your friends. If you have decided to go somewhere, meet up with your new friends that you've met in a hostel or at the hotel or at an event or something, make sure your friends know where you are, like your friends from back home and For me personally, I will always have at least one or two friends that have like the iPhone. I will add them through the Find My Friends app so they'll know exactly where I am. So if anything, if I happen to disappear, they'll know at least where my last location is kind of thing if the phone gets turned off. So Mm -hmm. if I don't check in with a certain amount of time, people will usually reach out like, hey, you haven't checked in since yesterday. Are you okay? Kind of thing. So... I think that's generally something I think about a lot is to make sure people know where I am at all times. And at first, when I was younger, I would think my mom was, you know, over the top, like, mom, I don't need to call you every time. But I think (laughs) in terms of being a woman, I think that's a legitimate fear is essentially being sex trafficked, right? So I think checking in while it might seem like an over the top precaution, I think is something that if you're traveling as a woman, especially by yourself, make sure to check in with friends every so often. Maybe set a cadence to whatever you feel is comfortable. But yeah, that's, I would say, I guess two things. Two two things. Don't try not to put yourself into situations where it might seem kind of shady and always check in with other people, I guess, to make sure yeah. you're safe. <laughs> yep. That makes sense. How about you? I, I agree. Any, any tips? Yeah, I think um... – on sort of on top of yours, a lot of these are like complimentary. There's like definitely if you're staying with a host or um, even a hostel, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit more on the defensive side. Like I try not to overshare too much, mm-hmm. not just with the people that I'm going to be staying with. Like I think that's generally okay. But like if I go out and interact with other people, I try not to 
give out too much information yeah uh about myself just because i don't know normal protection you know i don't want to let them know where I'm staying, how long I'm staying for. Let them know that I'm a tourist. Most likely, I'm a tourist got an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just making sure that I'm going to be safe while I'm there. Mm-hmm. The, the most one of the, the least things I can do is not oversharing too much specifics. But on, on top of uh, what you were saying about talking to get tips about places to avoid, mm-hmm. just asking about like where you can go, like places that you should stay mm-hmm. maybe next and for next time, or if you haven't booked a place yet, if you're not like a milestone planner like me, like I always uh, make sure I know where I'm staying, but sometimes things don't work out. Mm-hmm. I like to know what neighborhoods I end up staying in mm-hmm. and also making sure that it's a safe neighborhood. I don't like walking out in places where there's not tra- foot traffic. Yeah, I think that's generally the same as well, like in the States. If I'm not familiar with the neighborhood, I would prefer not to be in that neighborhood. That's, I, that's, I'm, I'm a really big neighborhood person. If it's just like a small street with like a bakery, a cafe and something, something like that's great. Uh, it means there's going to be people there. Uh, and that generally will make me feel more comfortable as well um, as a woman, you know, traveling solo in a new place. If there's people around, there's going to be eyes and there's going to be things for me to do and other people to see me. Uh, make sure like there's that extra comfort. So yeah, definitely. Um, getting tips about places that are not only are safe, but like sort of conform to what I, I feel are what are the ingredients for what I think is safe yeah. is um, very nice to have. Yeah. Really quick interjection mm-hmm. about oversharing yourself. Something that I find is super important to you. I don't know how, I guess everyone else is, but generally something that's very popular nowadays is to share what you're doing and where you're going on Instagram and stuff, I would highly recommend not sharing your immediate location and stuff while you're traveling. Because one, it's like if someone is stalking you, someone might be using that information to find you. Like say if you meet someone at a bar or something, something goes awry and you just like whatever, forget this person. Maybe you added it on Instagram, you don't realize they might come after you days later when you're not even thinking about it. So definitely don't share your immediate location on Instagram. Share it like maybe a week later when you're back from vacation because it's there's that, but there's also things like if you live alone or something and mm-hmm. some robber is looking, I don't know, for whatever reason, sees your Instagram and realizes that you're not home, that's your target for getting your place robbed essentially. So don't share travel things yeah. too quickly. Totally agree. I, I, I don't know <sighs> – I feel like I'm so so lazy sometimes. I just, I, I don't think I post on social media <laughs> immediately, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I post usually some places retroactively. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that's most of it. I, I retroactively post. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think it's for that particular reason, though. I make, you know, like I'm not consciously thinking, oh, I got to protect my positions. Yeah. It, it's mostly I'm just lazy. So I get that totally helps my <laughs> my safety as well. Your laziness has protected you, me. He's told you, mom. It's good, mom. <laughs> Procrastination works. It works. It's, it keeps you safe. Oh, you know, I asked. I asked you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you are taking the pill, something to think about as a woman when you travel is staying consistent on your schedule oh man (laughs) honestly it's so annoying birth control pills that's that's definitely a big one 
so for me personally, I will set a calendar reminder in my home time, so which is uh, Pacific time. I'll set the calendar reminder and I'll usually set it to say something that doesn't say birth control. I used to always say bake cookies, which a lot of people <laughs> assume that I was actually baking. Co- I bake a lot. So a lot of my friends were like, oh, baking cookies. You bake a lot of cookies. It's like, no, nah, man. Like, was <laughs> A lot of my friends actually realize that baking cookies is BC as birth control. You know, so it's like euphemisms of birth control. So I would always set a calendar reminder. I used to just take it, like if I took it at 10 in the morning in US time, sometimes if I'm overseas, I would just take it 10 a.m. at whatever time it is. Because like, I don't know, I'm not doing things overseas anyways. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I I – have generally put a calendar reminder since I always have my phone on me nowadays anyways it's just easier to put a calendar reminder for me that's a great tip for setting a timer if you have any other cool tips that are useful do you is there some you can share yeah well here's a safety tip that has to that ties back to being a woman and traveling by yourself I feel like generally you should already do this but for sure especially if you're a woman traveling by yourself stay alert at all times if you're out even even when you're there and there's a bunch of people definitely stay alert one to keep your wallet safe but also to keep yourself safe because I have traveled within the U.S. before on the east coast and I had people harass me in broad daylight like when there's it was a Saturday evening there was tons of people in the street um, and some guy came up to me and said some gross things. There was that. And there was one time where some guy, I don't know where he came from. He just started following me. I was waiting for, I think, an Uber or the bus or something. Oh, no. I was waiting for the bus. And I saw this guy that seemed like he was following me. So I decided, no, I'm just going to take an Uber. It's just to be safe kind of thing. And I was waiting for my Uber and I was walking away from him and he was continuing to follow me across the street. The guy also crossed the street. So I felt like I was being followed at that point. And, you know, I'm just this five foot two Asian woman in the middle of super, super white Maine. (laughs) Um, And I felt it felt weird. And that's something that you should also do is always trust your gut. It's better definitely to be safe than sorry in these situations. So I felt it was kind of weird. So I continued to walk and this guy continued to follow me. And I saw this restaurant that had a big glass window where there was diners next to it and everything. So I walked up and stood right in front of that giant window. That guy continued to walk and then he stopped for a second, saw that I had stood in front of that large window. And then he turned around and he walked away. So big tip, pay attention. And if if you start to feel kind of funny, trust your gut and take an Uber, whatever. Always have backup money, I think, is is another tip. Is um, I usually carry cash around within whatever currency that country is, or if it's US and obviously US dollars. I always keep an emergency like $100 in cash in whatever like compartment. I'll, I'll have some some money within my purse, on my person, but I also have some money stuffed in my suitcase or whatever for like when I travel, if I'm carrying some kind of suitcase or duffel or whatever, I'll usually stuff it in there as well. As well as like a backup, I usually have an ATM card or something. So that way, if let's say someone ends up 
robbing me, taking my wallet, whatever, then at least I'll have like some form of identification. I'll have an ATM card that I can pull money out with. And if I'm overseas, then I'll know to be able to call the U.S. Embassy for some assistance. If I'm in the U.S., then you know I can call friends or whatever. I'll get, I'll be able to get back home. Essentially, is is the goal. Mm-hmm. So keep extra money in a different place from aside from on your person and always just pay attention, trust your gut. Nice. I was going to mention the money thing too, to always have some local currency on you. Yeah. You'd never know if a restaurant or a cab service doesn't take credit card. But on top of that, before you go visit a country, check to see what type of economy you're going into. Yeah. If, it's, if it's paper, you know, a cash economy or a credit card economy. Yeah, um, that makes a big difference. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's like like Japan is still like a cash economy. Like granted, more urban areas you could they, they take credit card, but once you go out, like a lot of places only do paper. That's surprising um, to me about Japan. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and they're not isolated. Like there's other countries that are, that are like that too. But you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, but some some places I think depends on. If it's a new country for me, I, I tend to get some money in the U.S. before I go and then get more as needed when I'm there. Yeah. Just because I don't know what, uh, where like I can exchange. Yeah, I've definitely done that money. too. I feel like that's super yeah. useful. And definitely try to know ahead of time where you can pull money. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, like convenience stores have ATMs that uh, allow you to pull money without an extra charge. Say in Japan, I keep saying Japan. But same with um, like some some other countries as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It depends. Maybe a tip is to get a credit card that you won't be charged <laughs> for for when you you need to pull money. Or I think that's a good tip for sure. So something yeah. that I learned um, w- my first time traveling abroad by myself is definitely foreign transaction fees is a thing. Definitely before traveling, like weeks before traveling, if you don't have a credit card that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees yet try to get one because foreign transaction fees, depending on your bank or your credit card company, it could be a couple percent. It could be like 1%, 2%, sometimes 3%, which doesn't seem like a lot. But if you continually make transactions, it's definitely going Absolutely. to add up. Yeah. Yep. And the shitty thing, I'm just going to shit all over Bank of America because honestly, not a great not a great bank, guys. So like what Mia was saying earlier, when you're grabbing money out of an ATM or a cash machine, it might not charge you money from that country. But the thing is, your bank is likely going to charge you, especially if you have a bank like Bank of America. They will charge you not only a foreign transaction fee, but like a currency conversion or like a foreign like an ATM that is not Bank of America fee or something. So there's multiple fees that will be tacked onto that. So make sure you try to get an ATM card that doesn't charge that or reimburses you. There's a bunch of online banks now that have that kind of perk. Definitely. We were talking about phones earlier and how it, you know, things have been a Mm -hmm. lot easier with them. If you're going to be traveling abroad, I definitely recommend having a stable or a reliable connection to the internet yes either through your phone service if you have a good plan or getting a wi-fi pocket or i don't know two weeks if you're going to be there for two weeks mm-hmm. they're very cheap um services to get uh the, the physical devices 
when you get there. It's something you have to reserve ahead of time because you usually pick it up at the airport and then you can drop it off either at the airport or mail it in. They provide everything for you. Or if you have a phone service where, um, you know, it's it's affordable or or if, you don't, if you're not limited by money, uh, not <laughs> us, uh, then sure, that's great. But the important thing about having the internet service available at most times, if not all the times, because you're going to be in like, the outskirts or like in a deep in a forest or something it's it's good for making sure you don't get lost and if yeah. you need to make an emergency call or something um to get somewhere then it's available to you but I, I feel like one of the things that make me feel the most secure is having access to the internet because yeah me too that is connection to you know information and using that information can get me to where I need to be in order to be you know safe and fed yeah <laughs> Agreed. Fed is very important. Um, yeah. Something else to add as well is in addition to the things that me mentioned, depending on what country you go to, you might be able to purchase a pretty cheap SIM card as well to put into your phone. Sorry. Speaking of phones. Yes, exactly. SIM, SIM cards are, are that the other thing. Yeah, SIM cards. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I remember when I was in England, I was able to buy a pretty cheap SIM card. And then if I needed more data, I would just essentially, they call it topping it off. So you could just, a top off, you buy a top off and it's like a couple euros, or sorry, not euros, pounds. And Did you get the uh, SIM card at the airport, like in a vending machine, or did you go into a store and purchase it in person? I didn't get it at a vending machine. I've heard mixed things from people about vending machines. Some people say it's expensive. I actually didn't know that vending machines like that existed. But um, I think when I went, I asked the Airbnb host about getting a SIM card, and she told mm -hmm. me I could get one from a shop. So I didn't. I forget which service I got, but there's a lot of in in London specifically. There's a lot of different providers that you can use. I don't know if there's one that's better than the other. But yeah, I just bought one from a shop and they just told me how to set it up and I did. It was nice. Yeah. Way cheaper than Verizon, I think. It's it's totally true. Yeah, again, like depending on your service and how much money you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think another tip that I think is very useful is getting to know that country or that um, city or the area that you're in, their transit system, because mm. um, that is going to be how you're going to mostly be getting around yeah maybe if, if that's the way you like to travel for me that's how like that's how I like to travel I like to get yeah. to know uh you know the train services the buses and if that's the case I like to get to know how people pay for them if there's a card that I can get um preload it ahead of time or um uh, say in Japan again if um <laughs> If you're going to be there for a couple of weeks, you know, they have this pass for tourists where you can hop on uh, basically an unlimited amount on their 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 main like transit system within Tokyo and express trains and stuff. So like that's that's very nice, too. And all you have to do is wave it. If if I can get away with like putting money into a machine every single time I need to get on like a train, I I'll do that. Absolutely. Saves a lot of time and stress, mm -hmm. especially if you're like on a schedule. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. Um, I'm a big fan of the tourist type of transit cards. Um, I think a lot of countries do now as they're trying to increase the amount of tourists in their country. There's a lot of different places that have 
tourists transit cards tourist plans they'll give you kind of different options to so, so certain countries sometimes will have plans where maybe you can get a sim card and a transit card i think i want to say some stuff for hong kong was like that and i know like london specifically has like the london pass and mm-hmm. i think their company has passes in a lot of different cities around the world and there's a lot of companies like that that will offer things like you can get a three-day pass, a seven-day pass or whatever. And in addition to having transit and stuff, sometimes they'll have deals of like for the London pass, for example, if you get that, you have like essentially free public transit um, for the entire week that you buy that pass or how many ever, how many days you decide to purchase that pass for. And then you can get into a lot of different museums or get discounts to different museums and everything. If that's your thing, that that was definitely my thing. So, yeah. yep. so it's definitely super helpful um, to research that kind of thing and see if there's a tourist pass. Yep, for sure. Any other tips you'd like to give? I would say definitely do your research. There's just – it's it sounds boring, but it's honestly super important because you – I feel like to some extent should understand the culture as well in addition to finding out things like where do you want to go, what do you want to eat, what neighborhoods are safe, things like that. I feel like doing that will save you a lot of awkward situations like if there's specific customs in that country that you should be aware yes. of. Yes. Yeah. Definitely got to pay attention to those things. I I, I totally agree. I, I don't think maybe eventually I, I hope that it's not just boring but exciting too to be looking yeah. at things and where you want to go but I, I just wanted to add on to customs yeah um, like I found out when I was there but when I was in Italy it, I didn't realize there was a very specific dress code for you know the church yeah the <laughs> and specifically as a woman or well, I didn't like I, I I wasn't gonna break it anyways it's just not how I dress uh-huh. but um like just make sure that your shoulders are covered and your knees are covered you know you're not um, you're I, not a harlot me <laughs> no, not a harlot ma <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's totally important. Like, make, just make sure that you're going to be, you have enough knowledge to know how to get around and how not to get kicked out of places. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Respect. very important. Especially <laughs> yes. if you go to countries like, uh, let's say, Japan, where they probably won't tell you that you're being rude, but you'll definitely get like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this person is so rude. Which, I mean, I, I'm sure some people don't care about, but it, it's nice to be respectful of another person's culture because... As much as the American stereotype is that we're rude people, sometimes Americans kind of are rude because they don't realize that America is, you know, the United States is not the only country in the world. I mean, like being considerate to other people in public spaces, like lining up when there's a train on the platform. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are other countries that do things much better in public spaces, but I, I, let's not dig that <laughs> that's for another podcast guys we'll talk about that some other time i'm sure me right. has a lot of things to say about it yeah, yeah. i think we, we we have compiled a good set of facts and and opinions and tips yeah. and all that stuff so experiences yep all right guys thanks for listening we'll see you next time Bye-bye. bye bye